Hey, it's Arrow inside the Arrow.net studio, unplugged and totally uncut with Chris Bordesso from National Geographic. Good morning. I am doing pretty well, thank you. Man, I got to tell you, this book has come out at the absolute perfect time because I, if, if everybody is like me, we're all standing at our refrigerator or outside in our yards going, what can I cook? What can I fix? I want to do it all by myself. And look at your book. Look at your book. I had nothing to do with it. Everybody, everybody says, the timing on this is so perfect. You know, how did you manage that? I, I just got to say that I had nothing to do with it. Well, it's, 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 like the, it's like all the planets have aligned is what it is, because it really does give us that opportunity to, to not only do things that we're doing now better, but to explore so that we can have something to keep our imaginations activated. Right, and and I like that idea of exploring because this book is really um, is really an introduction to a whole lot of different projects and recipes that people can be doing and making at home. Well, one of the things that really caught my eye big time was because I grew up in the state of Montana where mom was always canning and pickling and stuff like that. And you you have um, mentions in here about doing exactly that. Do you see us growing in that direction now to keep us more of a of a of a unit at home rather than being at the grocery store all the time? You know, I think that the situation that's going on right now is certainly waking a lot of people up to the possibility. I, you know, I think there are people in the world who didn't have the background that you and I did who had no idea that you could even can your own food at home. <laughs> you know, they don't know that, right? Because the supermarket has been just so prevalent, and that's where they get their food. So I do think that this is opening people's eyes a little bit, and they're realizing, yeah, I can do that. And, and maybe it's something that I even feel like I can tackle. Well, it's it's one of those things. That canning is so important because, of, to me, it, mom always used to tell us all the time that it's you know it, it's just so nutritional. But one thing, as an adult here in 2020, it's it's helped me open up my eyes to what are you going to do with that pickle juice? Oh, wait a second, that is a probiotic. You need that. You don't need to go get the kombucha. I mean, that's the one thing that's great about this book is you give us a bigger picture to stare at. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. And yeah, fermenting. Um, for you know, we've got canning, of course, um, which you know, ironically, is food put in jars. Um, but there are other other ways to preserve food as well. And yeah, you're, you're preserving the um, the good quality of that garden fresh produce if you're growing your own garden, or what's available at the farmers market. You know, people don't think about the fact that what we get at the grocery store, apples don't grow all year long. Apples are a seasonal product, but yet we can walk into the supermarket, you know any day of the week, 365 days of the year, and there's an apple there for us. So, you know, by learning to preserve our own foods, we can better access local foods as they're available and save them so that, so that we can eat those, you know, year-round. Instead of eating a fresh apple, maybe you're going to open up a can of applesauce. One of the things that I've noticed in, in, in this neighborhood or our community is that there's, there's been a lot of gardens that are, that are popping up. And this is the Carolinas where we can't just put something in the soil because we have clay. So people are, are doing their gardens where they have to create these boxes. And sure enough, when you're growing from the seed, this chapter here, it opens up the imagination of, yes, you can have a garden. Let me show you how you can do it in your own greenhouse as well. Um, yeah, and, and you know, you can do it in your own suburban yard. You can do it in a container. It, it's, you know, you don't have to have, uh, you know, an acre plot that you're plowing. It, it, you know, we can grow food. I like to tell people if they've never grown anything else before, go pick up some uh, Swiss chard seeds and a, some sort of a container, plant those seeds, and you will be harvesting Swiss chard leaves all summer long. 
It's, it's one of the easiest things to grow, and, and you can do this. One of, one of the biggest complaints, and, and really this is such the truth, is that everybody's complaining about how long it's taking the carrots to come up. And you just look at them going, where was this conversation a year ago? I mean, why? We're talking carrots? Right, right. And, and you know what? I think that um, as people start delving into this and they're, they're, you know, a lot of people gardening for the first time and learning what that takes and what that means. Um, but boy, it, in another, you know, 30 or 60 days when they start harvesting, they are going to be so stoked. The what's fascinating about this book is the, I like the way that you color coded everything, all the different chapters, because it's not one of those books where you're going to start on page one and read it all the way through. You're going to go by what's interesting, interesting to you. And as we get back into the parks and stuff like that, I mean, you've got a chapter here on on different footprints of different animals and stuff like that to where kids who don't have school right now get them involved. And that's how important this book is, because it's going to get inside them. Right, right. And, and that is, you know, that that last chapter is one that, you know, we, we need people to get outside outside and, and see what's happening out there in the world. Um, one of the things that, that um, would be another great thing for people who have got kids at home right now is learning a little bit about foraging. We have so many wild foods available to us, and of course it's going to depend upon your region, but we can get outside and find wild foods or, um, you know, even the weeds, people think of them as weeds, right? Um, but some of these things are edible, so you can go out there and, and, you know, what a treat. Please don't everybody just go start eating weeds. I mean, you need to know what's, <laughs> what's safe in your area, but it's, you know, th- this is another thing. Get out there and, and learn some things that, that are edible in your region and harvest a salad right from the... Um, the backyard. I'm glad that you say that because I mean, I think sometimes if we could just break free of the Home Depot and Lowe's backyard or front yard and we just let it kind of grow on its own, you'll see that what was here before you got here. And that, that's what happened with me. We, we have wild roses as well as wild grapes. And then and, and then to, to share them with the animals is just mind blowing. It's, it's such a learning experience. And with a book like yours, it serves as a map. Yeah, it's it's kind of a yeah, it's an introduction to how to get started with some of this stuff. Um, you know, the pe- people we've got these highly groomed lawns, and for you know however long people have had these homes, and they're making sure that they're beautiful, they're killing the dandelions in their their lawn. They don't want the dandelions, but you know, hey, it turns out those are edible. And feeding birds, too. I mean, so many times people will go and buy the big bags and all that kind of stuff, and it's uh, people tend to forget that recycling your bird food, in other words, if you've got birds inside your house, take it outside, the stuff they're not eating. There's a better way to communicate, and once again, that, that's, that's this book. It opens up the door for those things to happen. Yeah, yeah, that there, that there are um, areas that we can improve upon, and even just by making sure that we're planting some native plants on the, on the fringes that grow berries and such. That draws your your birds and and native pollinators as well yeah now one of the things that we've all become we've become clean professionals because of this this pandemic and you've got a chapter here on cleaning products that are that are natural that we can create things and and really make the house smell very very clean and and basically i mean lemons and everything like that yeah well you know what that's going to depend on uh, you know person by person there are a lot of people who feel like their home home is not clean Unless it smells like that, you know, sea breeze <laughs> fragrance or whatever they put in there. And, and they're counting on that, really. Um, but to me, that's, that doesn't smell clean. That smells like chemical. 
so yeah, I, I have you know recipes in here for making your own uh, homemade laundry detergent and such. And well, I tell you, since I stopped utilizing any of those store-bought products, I sure notice it when I pass my local laundromat that that those um, cleaning agents are so heavy duty on chemicals. Speaking of cleaning, is there anything in the book that helps us understand that maybe it's time that we need to start throwing some things away in our house too during this time? <laughs> you mean as far as just um, like paring down? Well, yeah, there, there's a thing that I read the other day is it's, they, they call it the, the Swedish death cleaning. Are you familiar with that? I, I am familiar with that, yes. Oh my God. I mean, it seems like everybody's doing that. No, I don't address that in the book. Um, but, it, you know, it's, it's an interesting um, idea. And I think with people being home so much, it, you know, it is a chance to get in there and clean out the closets and, and get rid of um, all of the excess. And what, what we do have in, in the book is, um, for instance, I have a section on um, basket making that u- utilizes a um, rope coil. And one of the things that I've been been wanting to work on as I'm cleaning out my closets and getting rid of, um, you know, excess T-shirts and stuff, I want to try to make some uh, T-shirt yarn out of out of that uh, material and try making one of these baskets out of that. Um, that's a project that's on my on my list of things to tackle. So then, when you make T-shirt yarn, do you go to your macrame little uh, chapter here and you start looking at different ways that you can do the knots and stuff with that yarn? You totally could, yeah, yeah. You totally could. It's um, the, the t-shirt yarn, and and in fact, I'm even using the t-shirt yarn right now as a as a tie for face masks that people are using. Wow! Um, but, you know, just using the stuff you've got. You know, this this, this is where um, I, I see people, and this is just an example. I do talk a little bit about quilting in the book. Um, uh, you know, and I I appreciate the idea of getting people started with quilting by buying kits. But the traditional way of, of quilting, the tra- traditional reason for quilting is that you c- can utilize some of the things that are your discards that you're, you know, are no longer functional as clothing. Those could be patchworked into a quilt. We have neighbors that have bees as well as chickens, and we're in the city. I mean, it's amazing that you even cover that here in this book as well, that, that it's cool to do this kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and you know what? Some of these things, can't. I, I know there are different... Um, different guidelines city by city as far as what's what's allowed but yeah chickens in particular chickens are uh you know they're, they're amazing creatures they make eggs <laughs> right in your backyard they eat your compost they eat you know they eat your um your kitchen waste and they turn that into that's eggs it. for you that's it now up in montana what we would do is we'd before we'd go out and and feed the cattle is we'd grab a hen and then we'd put the hen in in the haystack because if there was a snake or if there was a mouse in there that that chicken would get it first oh my goodness yeah yeah um, that's one. Th- I, I'm in Hawaii, and we do not have snakes here, so I am grateful for that. <laughs> one, of, one of the most fascinating things that you cover inside the book is the fact that it waste-free food storage, because we're all buying more food at the grocery store because we're staying home. But there's, I think in the very beginning, we were wasting a lot of food, and we need to go through the lessons that you put in your book here. Yeah, you're talking about um, storing food. We we have so much food waste in, in our nation, you know, um, and my household is guilty of it sometimes, too. You know, we lose that, you know, head of lettuce in the back of the refrigerator and realize that, that we didn't get to it. So 
um, you know, I try to be more organized about that. But yeah, I, I'm um, a big proponent of trying to reduce the amount of plastic that we have in our household. And that means, you know, either uh, bringing it in as prepared food or even storing food once I've cooked it. So I don't keep cling wrap in the house, which, you know, kind of freaks out people who visit. Um, <laughs> they don't know what to do with that. Um, but I do have uh, instructions in the book for making homemade beeswax wraps that uh, are cloth that are, um, co- you know, coated in a, in a beeswax coating so that people can use that in lieu of that plastic cling wrap. So, you know, there are instructions for making that in there. Um, and I love to store things in glass jars. Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. We used to do that with buttons all the time. Buttons, yeah, they weren't in a cookie tin. <laughs> no, we, we just we put the buttons in there because in this way, if we need a button, heck, being from Montana, I didn't your buttons never had to match. There was no rule of that. Right, right. <laughs> but you see what you were grabbing in a glass jar. That's right. That's right. That's right. Well, I'll tell you what. I love the structure of this book. That how thick it is and how the cover is just. I mean, this this right here is going to be one of those things that in twenty five, fifty years from now, because of COVID nineteen, we're still going to have this book way up the road because it's built strong. And that's another reason why people should buy it. Well, I I hope so. I hope it's still on somebody's shelf in another twenty five years. That would be that would just make me feel great. We'll come knocking on your door. We'll say, look what I still have. <laughs> right? I want, I want pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, you got to come back to this show anytime in the future. The door is always going to be open for you. Thank you so much. You be brilliant you today, so okay? All right. 